0: Ires on the Road. Value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Hi, this is the Iyers and we're back on the road between Salt Lake City and Park City.
1: Thanks, thanks for tuning in to Ires on the Road. We love doing this podcast every week and it's been a good week for us because Linda here is recovering beautifully best patient in the history of knee replacements
0: (laughs) for sure
1: (laughs) (laughs) and she's up and around no crutches no walker she's just doing great I'm so proud of you honey well, you got I, a new knee.
0: I have the best caretaker in the world. this man, a lot of the girls have come and helped, but they have families, and this man has taken such good care of me. I love it.
1: You know, we recommend knee replacements for marriage relationships,
0: yeah, it could right? go either way. Actually.
1: well, it could go either way, but you know, <laughs> for me, I mean, I think of all the care you've taken of me and not that we don't try to be partners on things, but, uh, Boy, you've, you've been a caretaker of me, whether I like to admit it or not, for 50 years. And so for the last month, five weeks, man, I've got to be a caregiver for you. And I bring you breakfast in bed, and I do the wash, and I clean the house, and I do the dishes. I mean, not that I don't do that otherwise. Occasionally. <laughs> I,
0: you learned how to turn on the washer for the first time.
1: Oh, come on. Let's not get into that. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's been a good experience. And uh, isn't that the bottom line of marital advice that you'd give almost anyone? Let it just take care of each other. Yeah. if That's the focus right from the get-go. Take care of each other. Think about each other's needs. And it's kind of fun, too. Everyone knows it's a lot more fun to think about someone else's needs than think about your own needs.
0: I guess that's true. That really is. And uh, it's been a really uh, Painful, lovely
1: month. Yeah. And
0: so we're uh, going on, going <laughs> on with the subject today.
1: Yeah, we've been doing, as you regular listeners know, we've been, uh, this is a series and we're trying to cover one of our books, review it, summarize it, get to the crux of it, the bottom line of, of a book each week until we've covered all of them. And, and we're up to the 10th book we ever wrote. And it's a book called The Awakening, and it's the only novel in all of these books. It's the only work of fiction. We didn't intend it to be that way. I loved writing this book, and I wanted to do more fiction. And someday, maybe we'll get back to a sequel for this. (laughs) But now some of you may say, well, I thought the Irish podcast was on family and parenting. and So what are they doing talking about a novel? Well... We don't get very far from our subject matter, even in fiction. Everything we do is about family, and about marriage, and about parenting, and about balancing your life. And that's really what this novel's about. And where did we write it, Linda? This is the interesting
0: thing. Would you quit saying we? You wrote this novel. (laughs) I was there. But we
1: lived up in... Linda, you were my muse. That's always always a combined Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, So we lived up in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. uh, Well, near Jackson Hole. um, In a little condo that we acquired in an unusual way, and uh, we went up through Yellowstone, and you had a lot of material to work with, with, uh, with this book, because it's such a marvelous place, but it, all these ideas just flooded in your head, and it was fun to see what came out.
1: And we, were, we would read them to the kids, we'd read them to each other, the various chapters, but we should probably back up a little and how, you know, why did we live in Jackson Hole, and how did we have a place there? It's not that we have houses all over the world. Believe me, this was a, a happenstance. I was a management consultant at the time, and there was a client who owed me money, and he didn't have any money. <laughs> he went belly up, but he was a builder, and he did have, uh a funny conversation. He, he had a, a condo in Jackson, and he said, how about if I give you that condo? and?" to pay my debt. And I said, do I have any other options? And he said, no. We'll take <laughs> so, it.
0: We'll take it. <laughs> so
1: we said, let me think about it for a minute. Okay. I thought about it. <laughs> we'll take it. So we used to go up there occasionally and we'd try to rent it out and so on. It was a beautiful location. You Look out the window and see the grand Teton. Right. That makes me miss it one. thinking about that.
0: I know we haven't thought about it for a long time, but actually, it was a perfect place to write a novel. The kids were with us. We spent a lot of time at the library. We didn't have a TV. I loved it. it well, we so lived good. there for
1: one summer. We we were you know our we were able to get away, and uh, I was working on this novel, and so we lived there and like you say the library was great and you know they had the wild west show every day we saw that a lot of times and yeah, jackson hall was a a little bit more quaint even then than it is now and it was a lot of fun yeah, it we was a lot of a fun. Time.
0: but getting on to the topic
1: of yeah. the day
0: so, um this this really all of our kids have read this book and now our grandkids have been reading this book so they kind of Um, know what's going on. It's kind of a a family secret because everybody kind of passes on what happened and where they are in the book. It's really fun.
1: Well, and and again, the point of the book is to to talk about family and commitment and marriage and priorities in a different way, where we're not just talking about it uh, openly. We're talking about it symbolically. In fact, Linda, maybe you could read the acknowledgements, which sort of explains that process of writing and why we did it.
0: So here it is. I acknowledge light, not the physical light that our eyes see, but some higher relative of that light that makes our minds see. At one time or another, all have felt the light of which I speak. It reveals truth, makes sure and certain the realities our minds discover. I struggled for it as I wrote this book, and when it was there, the meaning of the lead character's search for clear
1: was clear
0: clear on three levels. Number one, the story level, two, the philosophical level, three, the symbolism level, and and in, the, in conclusion, I hope the book will read on all three levels.
1: So I was trying to create a story that was interesting and compelling. And, you know, it includes things like getting kidnapped on a motorcycle and getting shot at from a rafter in the old Yellowstone Lodge. And, and dropping out of a
0: plane. Um,
1: yeah, yeah right? well, well that's how the book opens. But the, it's an adventure story and a romance story. But. You don't have to look real hard to find the symbolism, most of which regards finding out who we really are, because it's the story of an amnesiac. It's the story of someone who doesn't have a memory, and he's trying to find who he really is. In fact, let me read that uh, opening part that sort of starts it off. This is the prologue. His brown eyes fixed, unblinking on the blinking red light on the instrument panel. Engine on fire. A deep breath and unspoken prayer, and his finger touched the yellow ejection button. No response. He touched it again, harder. Nothing. The eyes were wider now, not in panic, but in honest fear. The right hand found the manual ejection lever under the seat. The thumb released the safety catch, a hard jerk, the whole seat recoiled violently up and back and out into the frigid air a split second before the explosion. If there had been an observer below on the flat desert of Mexico's Baja, California, he would have first seen the explosion, then felt it, then heard it. The flash was like a july the fourth crowd pleaser, fragments bursting symmetrically outward. At the top edge of the burst, one fragment was a man, hurled higher by the explosion's force, intact but spinning, skipping on the broken air, the parachute not yet open.
0: Wow. (laughs) I forgot forgot about that. That was that
1: was great opening, yeah. Just in the start of the first chapter, I woke up in the air. Now it's in the first person. I woke up in the air only a few hundred feet above the desert, floating down. My head hurt. I knew I saw the desert with a dirt road going through it. I knew I hung from a parachute. I knew how to bend my knees at impact. I knew how to unclip the chute, but I didn't know who I was. So, he's he's, he's lost his memory in this explosion. And then, as the whole book unfolds, it becomes a a man searching for who he is, for what his identity is. And hopefully it works as as a fun story. But also, it becomes deeply symbolic of the search that we all have, trying to figure out who we are, where we fit into the universe, what matters, what's important. What our priorities should be, what, how we should spend our time and our thought, and what we should believe.
0: Yeah, it really is fascinating. I have to say I haven't read this for a long time. Is this on Irish free book?
1: Oh, yes, it is.
0: Yes, so you can just go on and get it if you're just dying to know what happened next. Actually, it really <laughs> is. It's a terrific book. Um, even our kids, as I mentioned, absolutely love it. and. Uh, it It is a way to discover, to start thinking about who you really are, if you really didn't know who you were, finding out who you are. That's what it's all about.
1: Well, and you know, um, sometimes symbolism is the only way to talk about some of these things and our quest for identity and so on. And so basically, not to give away too much of the book, but this poor guy he you know he, he's landed he's he's in an unmarked flight suit he has no clue why he bailed out he has no clue um, why he was flying the plane um, he just landed and he's in this suit and he's in the desert of Baja California in Mexico and he finally hitchhikes and finds a way into a tiny little town and uh, he doesn't even have any money so he's he ends up working for the hotel owner and doing dishes and cooking and so on and he's trying to get his memory back and figure out who he is and it just doesn't come. He finds a folder in the in the little room that he's in that has a name on it, Paul Woodcock, and he needs a name, he can't go around without a name so he adopts that name that he just found on the on the folder and then he tries all kinds of different things to figure out who he is including what does he know how to do because as is often the case with amnesiacs he hasn't lost any of his talents or his skills or his memory of things as they are but he can't remember who who, who what his own identity is and for example he uh, he finds out he can play tennis <laughs> and ends up winning a tournament. He finds out that he knows certain things, but he can't remember why he he understands certain places. He um, later in the book, he he uh, ends up in Sausalito, California, and he hires out as a mate on a on a sailboat. And because he remembers how to sail, he knows the terminology, he knows how to sail, but he doesn't know where he learned to sail. And it goes on and on like that. He ends up in Jackson Hole. This is what Linda was getting to earlier. That's the place where, um, you know, he he uh, encounters a lot of things that intrigue him. And um, he knows Jackson Hole. He know he knows places he's been. He knows things he can do, but he cannot seem to figure out who he is. But what he begins to do is to is to figure out what's important to him, what matters. He has a sense of values. He has an inbred sense of who he is spiritually, even though he doesn't know who he is physically.
0: So actually, the second half, we're going to talk about not so much the story. I don't know how much of the story you want to tell, but we're what going it to symbolizes. talk about what it symbolizes and how we find out who we are.
1: Yeah, and how he finds that he learns who he is in his character before he learns what his name is. And that's what, that's what needs to happen to a lot of us.
0: So hang on, we'll talk about finding our own identity in the second half. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers On The Road. Here's Richard and Linda Eyre. And we're back. Today we're talking about figuring out who we are through a novel that Richard has written many years ago. When was that?
1: <laughs> well, it's been a while. I know. But, but let me just—I'm going to not without revealing the the plot of the book or anything that would spoil it for you. I'm going to talk a little more about the novel, and then we're going to spend the rest of the show applying the symbolism of the novel to our own search for identity and particularly to the identity and sort of sense of belonging that we all want to give our children because the whole difference between happiness and unhappiness in life often comes down to do do kids know who they really are? Do they really have an identity? Do they really have a sense of belonging in their own family and so on? So the novel unfolds with this Paul Woodcock, as he calls himself, trying to discover who he is. He travels. He picks up little threads of things he sort of remembers. He goes to those places. He finally ends up falling in love with a a beautiful girl that he meets in Jackson Hole on a long hike that he's on. And so their relationship flourishes. He starts understanding that commitment and and uh, interdependence is what he's been seeking all his life, but he still doesn't know who he is. He ends up in, they end up going to England because he remembers some things there, and he thinks maybe in London he'll get a clue as to who he is. A lot of little things happen that turn out to be important, like he, he ends up finding uh, through a, story I won't get into, he ends up finding a diamond that's worth a lot of money. And he he now has wealth, and he's able to expand his search for who he is, and on and on and on. And eventually, at the very end of the book, he discovers what his name is. But before that happens, he has discovered who he is spiritually. He's discovered his soul. He's discovered what matters in life, and so on, and what matters with his wife. And with the child that they have. So it becomes a story of all of our search. We're all looking for who we are. But Linda, we think the most important thing, and we were thinking about this even back when we wrote this book, the important thing is to give our kids a sense of who they are. Because that's the biggest gift parents can give their children as a real identity, as part of a family, and in terms of where they came from and why they're here. Well,
0: it's a never-ending search for all of us.
1: Yeah, it truly is. To really
0: discover who we are. because and, And particularly for children. You know, as we were raising our children, it was amazing to see what they gravitated to. We tried to expose them to a lot of things. There's no way you can expose them to everything. But we realized that our first son, who you would love to have been, Uh, star athlete on an NBA team, uh, was a fabulous uh, computer guru. And that was when computers first came out. He could figure out anything on any computer without being told how to do it. He came with that sense of how to do it. Our
1: children come as who they are and I'm glad you brought up that aspect of it, Linda, because it's not only about helping kids discover their own identity, it's about helping you as a parent to discover who they are, rather than try to create them into something you want them to be, some extension of your own ego. Right. And you know, we have kind of a, we have a good perspective on that with nine children, all of them completely unique. Absolutely. I mean, we sometimes say, how can all these kids have the same genetics and the same environment and be so totally different from each other?
0: It is really fun and exciting because as you see them develop, into who they are, <clears throat> there's nothing more exciting. It really is something.
1: Well, and it's really the job of a parent. I mean, you know, we often tell people in, in speaking and so on that the first job you have as a parent is to try to get to know your own kids, to discover who they really are, not what you want to make them, but who they really are. And if you can look deeply enough into them and, and begin, it's like a puzzle. You're putting it together what are his aptitudes what are her fears what are her traits what are her qualities you're trying to get to know who that person is who came from a pre-mortal life and who's already developed into something and you need to figure out what that thing is
0: and the fun thing for us is now we're looking at our grandchildren and seeing who they are becoming and it is so fun um <clears throat> we have one grandson who's so shy and quiet and tender-hearted. He's so sweet. And we went to a flag football game of his the other day. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: He changed. They, Personality they were, Here changed. comes his
0: pass toward him. <laughs> I thought, oh, he's going to just, you know, fall down. <laughs> he grabs this ball, this football, which almost hit the ground before he caught it, and ran to make a touchdown into the end zone. It was Amazing. It was like, you're kidding.
1: We sure learned another aspect of we his did. personality. We You're
0: kidding. This <laughs> child is an athlete. And he really is. I mean, he's, he's becoming more and more interested in things like that. Also speaks fluent Chinese. <laughs> He's in a Chinese immersion school, it's really incredible.
1: Well, so so really what we're saying, Linda, I think, correct me if I get this wrong, but there's two aspects to this that, that involve parenting and families. The first one is, as a parent, the challenge to you is figure out who your kids really are and help them accordingly, be a consultant, not a manager to them. Help them become all of what they really are, not of something you're trying to make them into. And the second aspect of it is helping those kids to have a, a real identity. That's what this novel's all about. This, this poor guy can't remember who he is, and he's discovering who he is, just like every child has to go through this process of discovering who he is. And it begins in families with the security of really knowing where they came from. And, well and and that involves knowing who their ancestors are oh yeah that's true that's another aspect it involves knowing where they came from literally their genetics i mean you know these family trees that we created our family and some we've seen a lot of beautiful ones we've seen families that have a whole wall taken up with a family tree and it is it's the wonderful symbol of each root going down. Here's the grandparents, here's the great-grandparents, here's the great-great-grandparents, and here's the tree, and we're a couple, and we're the trunk of that tree, and here's a branch, and you're that branch, you're our child, you're that branch. But if you trace that branch back, you came through us, and we came through the grandparents, and they came through their parents, and that's who you are. And when kids start to get that, they begin to have this sense of identity
0: Yeah, it really is quite amazing. We have access to things now that we didn't No one would have imagined that they could have had in years past. You know what? Today is my dad's birthday. October 4th is the day we're recording this, and it's his birthday. And he would be 127 if he were still here. And that's a long story. He was... uh, much older when I was born and we have an interesting family story there. He was fifty four when I was born and it's absolutely incredible um, what how life has changed since then. He is such a magnificent soul. But a son got on Marco Polo today, I don't know how many of you are on that, but you should try it if you haven't and said, you know, on FamilySearch.org, dot org, which is a fabulous website. For oh, ancestry, it's
1: unbelievable. You can you
0: can go on and see who you look most like as you go back through the ancestors. There's pictures
1: there. There's stories there. It
0: is amazing.
1: Most of your, well, I can't say that for everyone, but generally speaking, when we encourage people to look on familysearch.org, they not only find their ancestors, they find pictures of them. They find stories about them that other people have submitted. They get to know them. And again, tying it back into this novel, I mean, think about this. This whole novel is about a person who's, Desperately trying to figure out who he is, who his parents are, who is where, where his lineage is, where he came from. Without that, he's incredibly. He, it's like he's naked. He doesn't know anything about. He has no frame of reference, no security, no identity. And it, the, the whole idea of the novel is to make us all realize, uh, particularly his parents how incredibly important it is to know where you came from, to know your ancestors, to know their stories, because then you become a complete person and you become resilient. You become, you, you like you so often say, Linda, when you know what your ancestors went through and who they were, then when you face a problem or you have a failure, you, you you draw on the strength of the stories you know about your ancestors. It's,
0: it's really quite remarkable. I did a book for grandmothers a couple of years ago and I went through my ancestry of um, four, let's see, six of my grandmothers.
1: Yeah, six and different each ones. each of them
0: were incredible individuals. I mean, it, there were some ups and downs in their lives as there are with all of ours, but oh, they had such hard lives and they came through with flying colors, they were magnificent people. And I read that and think, you know what? Their blood is in my veins. I can do this hard thing. And I think it does the same thing for our kids.
1: Well, you're you're fantastic. One, one thing Linda's great at is telling our grandchildren stories of their ancestors. Now, their parents hmm. can do that, but Linda's one generation closer to some of those. I mean, she's talking about her own mother, not the grandmother and, and so on. And you do a great job, honey, telling kids those stories. And you always, when I listen to you tell them, you always make that connection. You're like, okay, honey, you are one-eighth from this person. The blood in your veins is one-eighth from this person. And she did this, and she did that, and she had a hard life, but she came through. That's in you
0: yeah and and you know it's it's not a guarantee obviously that it <laughs> that yeah. you can do that because you have their uh, heritage but it really is quite amazing what it does for you when you learn about these people uh just today i got a notice of an obituary of an, of an uncle that i never really knew on uh family search they yeah. just sent yeah. it to me it is it. it just is remarkable what you can learn from, that. and also Ancestry.
1: And this is a really big deal, Linda, because so, so many of us grew up thinking, oh, genealogy. That's just something you do if you're old. It's just dry. It's just dates and places and so on. And It, 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 you know, it doesn't have any real relevance to me. But now with all that's happening, we're all realizing that that's the most relevant thing for your kids to know where they came from to have an identity to feel like their life is connected to other people's lives that went before and i think that what i think one of the best things any any mom or dad can do is get these stories of these ancestors and put them in a form where you can actually tell them to the kids as bedtime stories And this is a story about your great-grandfather Jacob and what he did one day. And, you know, kids respond to that. It's amazing how much they like those stories, especially if there are pictures and they can see who these people were.
0: Right, right. And you can discover that. So that's your assignment this week. We challenge you to go into your ancestry and find out who you really are and help your children to know who they really are because and that is the best thing we can do in this life
1: And if you have time go on com and do a little reading in this novel The Awakening. it's easy to find there to scroll down the books and the number 10 book is The Awakening and click and it's free online. you can read it right on your computer and see if you can read the book on, or at least the parts of it you look at, on all three levels. Number one, the adventure of a story. Number two, the philosophy behind it and the priorities that this guy develops. And three, the symbolism level of finding out who he is. And hopefully it'll help us all appreciate more the the fact that we do have a memory and we do have a heritage.
0: And that we are who we are.
1: Good to be with you. Join us next time on Ayers on the Road. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.